0: Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is episode 139 of the Distraction Pieces podcast. And this week, I'm joined by Dave Johns. And man, it's a, it's another one, the first time we've met. And it was amazing. I was approached to ask if I'd be interested in having Dave on. Um, I think the publishers and whatever were unaware that I've raved about this film tons already on the podcast. Um, I, Daniel Blake was one of my films of the year um all the performance in it are absolutely amazing absolutely astounding so i jumped at the chance to have dave on um aware that he's been a touring stand up for for 20 30 years so i i was confident he'd be capable of holding his own on a podcast and he more than delivered um before we get into it as ever speech development records um i speak a bit to david about um the edinburgh fringe And if you go to com, you can get my Edinburgh Fringe show on DVD or as digital download. The digital download is only a fiver, I think. So uh, you can watch that and hopefully enjoy it. Um, It's good fun. I recommend it. Um, There's other good stuff there, but have a a look around. I've got some amazing merch coming out soon. If I can afford it, I've just got quotes through, and I'm trying to look at if I can afford to do this outlandish M- merch ideas but i think i can so that'll come soon but i won't tell you about that just yet As, as something i will tell you about is the upcoming podcast from chris and uh, stew famed of the drunk cast they've got a new podcast starting on the distraction pieces network um i think already you can go and download the preview episode um so, so i do that it's called hardcore listing and it's a list show and they've got amazing guests are lined up. They've already recorded an episode with me. This subject I chose to gave my top to give my top five of was um my top five U- US TV dramas. I think on lists it's key to go specific. It's hard to do kind of here's my top five TV shows because how can you compare Alan Partridge to The Wire? You know they're completely you get completely different things from them. So um yeah, I do that and that was a lot of fun. They've got. Yeah, they've got some amazing guests. Genuinely awesome. I'm I'm excited to, to listen. It's, it's similar to the Tuesday Night Jaw episodes I'm not on, that I'm kind of excited to not be on them because I get to listen to them as a fan. And this is exactly it. Oh, we had such a good conversation here. I'm excited for, for what's to come. And I've heard their kind of preview intro episode and they're as ridiculous and useless as, as, as you will remember them from the drunk cast so it's going to be entertaining i promise you that so, 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 so that is all to come but go now go now to itunes or acast or wherever you choose to go and look up hardcore listing and you should i'm recording this a few weeks in advance they should have the intro episode up by now um if not it'll be up soon um, and you can d- download that and what's handy is if you subscribe to it now cuz it um it means that when they launch they'll get that big influx of day one downloads, which will help them get more coverage and climb up the charts and hopefully get some love on iTunes and ACAR. So, yeah, check that out. Let's get on with the podcast, man. This is a rambling intro. This is with Dave Johns and he's got an amazing story. Um, it's beautiful. It's beautiful how his career has gone. I mentioned it in the podcast, I think, but it's so rare. I've got a lot of mates who are comedians and. Comedy, as any entertainment industry, can be a bitter, angry angry little um, industry. And it's so rare that someone has a big break and huge success and everyone seems to just be so happy and proud of them and excited for them. There's normally, even if there's on the surface happiness and, prou- and pride and support, you'll talk to them in private and they'll be like, man, I would have been better in that role or I could have done that. Not the case with Dave. Everyone's so hyped about all the awards and plaudits he's receiving for I, Daniel Blake. Um, an amazing film that I think everyone should see. But we talk about that plenty, so let's get on with the podcast. This is episode 139 of the Distraction Pieces podcast with Dave Johns. This piece of fiction is the intro to the This piece of fiction is the intro to the This piece of fiction is the intro to *Distraction um. Yes, I'm joined today by Dave, Dave Johns or, Dave or, or David. D- Dave Johns. Because officially, Dave on,
1: on uh, and da- uh, my mum used to call us David when I did anything wrong. Yeah. So yeah. Dave. Yeah, so Dave.
0: you're doing a, a lot right at the moment. Well, so yeah we'll, right right moment. yeah, we'll so, stick yeah. with Dave. So yeah. So how's it all going? Well, it's a bit of a mental t- a, t- a time at the moment yeah, with yeah. Baftas and all sorts. Yeah, it in has the, since, the since the we. Mix.
1: Yeah. no, since since we started the um. And um, we shot the film in, in in 2015 in October in Newcastle. Yeah, and all I was thinking was just don't fuck it up, Dave. Just yeah. don't. Fuck yeah, it up. yeah. You know, just don't be the one that ruins Ken Loach's career. Yeah, and, uh, and so I was. And then when it went to Cannes and won the Bafta, uh, sorry, the um, the bomb Door. Yeah, and it's just snowballed from then.
0: It's, it's just been, been crazy, and it's it's beautiful. It's, it's one of the beautiful things of um, of independent as a cinema is that you don't have that kind of all the focus is on that first week of cinematic release yeah, it yeah. seems like there's been a constant rumble and constant uh excitement about it yeah
1: yeah yeah well it started from Cannes basically I mean we we it we got a it, um we got a message on the Thursday when they showed um the first few uh, press screenings that the critics were crying and being a typical comic, I was going, Oh shit, was it that bad? <laughs> they go, they went, no, 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 they're really moved by it. And then since then, it just went and like, you know, I've been going around different film festivals, you know, I've been doing film festivals, yeah. you know, Sarajevo, which is a, I don't know if you've been to Sarajevo. No, I never oh, have. What a cool city that's got yeah. a great vibe to it, you know, you know, yeah. so, so I thought that was pretty cool. They had, uh, and we went to San Sebastian and Locarno and, and it's been just, there's been, a, it's like, you know, like a snowball just takes off yeah. the thing. It's just gathered, 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 yeah. gathered in all these red carpets. And basically I'm just going, well, let's, you know, let's have fun with let's it. Let's you know make the mean? most you of know, this, right? Know, it was, you
0: know? it was beautiful. I, um, I, I, I went to a preview of it, um, because it's, it's weird that this has come about because it was on the cinematic release. It was a sponsor of the podcast. And right. when I have a sponsor, oh, like, right. I, I go to a preview and I, I tweeted about it at the time saying how much I loved it. And the beautiful thing, Thing I found was the outpouring of all the different st- 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 stand-ups I know proudly saying, "I know him." Oh, I know. I know I T- mean, you so It's mean, I mean, been amazing. Uh, well, right? yeah. I
1: mean, when when I was doing it on Facebook, I, like from 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 when I got the audition, I was just making store, you know, just trying to tell people what was going on on Facebook. Yeah. And I said, "Should I keep on going?" They were going, "No, no, do it." And it was like. They've said they were all feeling like they were there in cat yeah. on the red carpet. Yeah. And they've been following it all the way through and it's been really... support. I mean, I've been surprised at how fantastic to, you know, a man and a woman. They've all been so, so
0: enthusiastic about and it. it you and know? it's an industry that can oh, go uh, the opposite yeah. way. Yeah, you, well, know? you know, again, yeah. I've got good yeah. mates in the company yeah. who openly admit that even if a close friend of theirs gets a gig that they, yeah. they wanted, yeah. there's a little part of them going... I hope it's shit. Well, I we used hope to. It's a well, circus. you know, we used
1: to always, like you know. I used to always say the collective noun for a group of comics is a bitter. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so, so, so you know, they're hanging around together. But now they've been fan- They've been absolutely fantastic. So supportive, you know. They all took photographs when the posters went up in the tube. You know, yeah. they all took photos with, with them. stand. It became a thing. Like one person did it with the hand up. Yeah. The so they all started doing it. So I had yeah. like loads of like tweets of me with the you know the more with the hand up and yeah and it's been fantastic for the film you know it's just been a um it's kept it in the news it's kept it alive and and you know i'm so chuffed with it you know yeah. it's great yeah yeah
0: i mean we will obviously we're going to talk mainly yeah. about the film but i also want to kind of of of, of rewind a bit to before the, that opportunity came up and talk about your your stand-up career and, and being a, a touring comedian but let's even go back yeah a, a further when you were growing up yeah. was or was comedy and stand-up, or even acting, now always something on your radar? Or well, I used to watch in the sort of like in the late late
1: fifties, early sixties. I remember watching like Hancock's Off Hour with me dad. Yeah. You know. And and you know, so I was aware of like I love little like like you know, I'm s so, i am some so of my favourite shows were things like, you know, um Hancock's Half Hour and Um I used to love them. Um, I used to love Up Pompeii with Frankie yeah. Howard and all yeah, that, you yeah, know yeah, what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. And 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 so I watched all the like in you know, the classic sitcoms and Dave Allen. I used to love Dave Allen, you yeah. know. And it was those story t- tell us you know what i mean yeah but but was, it wasn't and you know, i was always i think you know you know you have these standard things we go oh w- where were you always funny in, in school and, and, I, and, I, and i suppose i was i wasn't great at, like, academic but i was probably funny in school but but you know yeah i was always i always loved humor because i think humor can get you out of a lot of yeah. scrapes it did when i was like when tougher large used to try and you know yeah. humor seems to i was able to get out of stuff by making jokes, by making about jokes and Yeah, yeah. yeah it's,
0: i mean it's an interesting one um a friend of mine, Stephen Camden, who's a writer and spoken word artist from, um, from, from 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 Birmingham, he always kind of said, look, I don't see it as poetry or anything. He's like, this is just what my nan used to do yeah. r- 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 yeah. r- around the dinner table. It's storytelling. Yeah. <laughs> and particularly having spent a fair bit of time in the North again, there's just this humour and, 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 and crack and laughs, isn't it? Yeah, so yeah. So,
1: well, well, you know, if you make them laugh, the bullies don't punch you, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, Because <laughs> exactly. they don't see you as a threat, you know what I mean, you know? So, so that was
0: something I did, yeah. So when did you kind of turn that into a, a, a career or decide to? Well, I was because, with, again, it's very yeah. much, again, the North East, it's, it's very much a, a, a good, s- solid working-class area, you'd often feel aspirations of of show business or entertainment to be uh, an unusual one or, or outside of what would be normally expected I guess
1: yeah, yeah well you know there was only in the northeast that then if you want to do comedy it was only work at men's clubs you know mm. and I never really was drawn to that what happened was I I used to work sort of in a theatre in a fly floor I've packed in doing Brickly and I worked the Titan the Theatre in the Fly Flauna. Yeah. Used to, that's why a lot of the comics call me Davy Showtunes because I know loads of musicals because I used to lean over the, um, like, the railings when I'd, when I'd changed scenes and just listened to all these musicals. Amazing. And, uh, I came down to London to the comedy store and that was just when the sort of, um, um, you know, in the sort of eighty six, eighty seven, when, you know, when it was all sort of like, you know, where, when the comedy store started and the yeah. comedy and, you know, and, and, you know, Rick Mayall and all them and Tony Allen and it was all
0: like, you know, the alternative scene was starting. Yeah, the alternative scene was, was blowing up and yeah, becoming a yeah, real, yeah. And a I went live the live comedy yeah, scene was yeah. becoming a real thing.
1: And I went to the comedy store and I was blown away by the gig, four comics on and I just thought, wow. And I thought it was suddenly this thing just went, that's what you could do. Yeah. So, so I thought, wow. So I came back and there was a theatre, um, um, in the theatre that had a restaurant called, called the Comedy Cafe, which was, um, sort of, uh, it, it wasn't doing anything, you know, it was empty all the time. So yeah. I said, can I put some comedy on? And they went, we're not giving you any money. And I went, oh no, I'll just put it on myself. I'll pay for it. So I, so I got in touch with them, with the I got some, Somehow I got a hold of Jack D and Joe Brand when they were just starting off. Yeah, I I says, And I said, will, will you come to Newcastle and do a gig at my club? And I hadn't even started the club. And they went, yeah, <laughs> but we'd won 100 quid cash. And I went, and this was a sort of 1989, and I went... What each they went yes yeah. I a two hundred quid I said quid. So I went, yeah all right so 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 <laughs> I booked them and then I got the room and I got it on a Friday night and I did loads of photocopied sort of like leaflets you know yeah 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 and there was a big you know in in, in basically where my audience first came from was Newcastle University yeah and uh, the poly that was there then yeah and I just went round there and uh, Joe was just starting to you know, make a little bit of a wave, you know? Yeah. So I had to go, right, I've got to get 200 quid from somewhere, from somewhere. So, and the first, so I, thought, I don't even know how much to charge. So I charged, I thought, what if I get a, so, so I charged 200, uh, sorry, I charged 375 to get it in. And because I couldn't get a license, I had to have like a soup in a bun. <laughs> so, so, so I had to serve food, you know. Yeah, so
0: food as well. so, right so you, and yeah.
1: Even Jack D always says. Now I always remember playing your club, and everybody was eating soup with a bun, and he was going, "Why is it?" Breathing? And it was like some sort of weird Geordie yeah. thing, you know. And Joe and and uh, Jack came up. This is who's the who's the um, um who's going to come? And I went, oh, "Oh, me!" And I just got in it that way by having to go and do it. Amazing, yeah. And then and, I, and then it just and within six seven weeks the club had had um, had. Uh, Cues around the block. That's amazing. You know, and we, we had a Friday and Saturday night and everybody played there. Steve Coogan, Eddie Izzard, oh, wow. um, Frank Skinner, you know, everybody who, yeah. who, 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 who are massive now, you know, yeah. And I gave Ross Noble his first gigs when he was fourteen. Fantastic.
0: When he was fourteen,
1: goddamn. His dad used to drive him down to the club, and he used oh, to—he was too young. He used to have to stay in the kitchen. Yeah. He used to come out do his five minutes, and then and then <laughs> off again. You know, I love that. Yeah, yeah, you know, so so you know, so Ross has got a big affection for, and, and it's so funny, um, and they, 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 you know, Ross always talks about his first time on stage, and it was at the Comedy Cafe in Newcastle, yeah. in sort of like in the early nineties. You know, yeah, and that's how I got into it, and then I came down and did open spots and got into the store because i'd been doing stand-up for like maybe two years before i came to london so when i did an open spot i was getting booked because i was I, I was you know up to speed you know yeah yeah but yeah we had a great time there you know we had so many harry hill did his first gigs there um sean lock bill bailey when he's in the rubber bishops we had all the weird um acts like um like um, Steve Murray, who used to torture teddy bears on stage. Yeah, yeah, and there was this really weird act called Lady Belinda, and she had this she had this basket with a with a, with a puppet goose in it, right? And she had a big hat on with with these little bits of string hanging down with loads of fruit on, and she had, and then she'd put her hand through the basket and she'd go, "Hello, this is uh, my friend Oswald," and then the, and then she'd turn the the hand puppet to her and go. Um, how, how are you today, Oswald? And then she'd, and before she answered, before Oswald answered, she'd pull the string and a curtain would come across her hat so you couldn't <laughs> see her face. And then she'd go, I'm very good. How are you, Lady Brightville? And then she'd pull it and, and the curtain would come back. Brilliant. You know, mad, crazy yeah. acts like that. And Chris Lyon, who's a sort of like a, great sort of, like, like you know, he used to finish with, a, like, a firework up his arse, a Roman candle. Amazing. Playing, and there's no business like show business. And his acts aren't around anymore, you know, because yeah. acts have got too slick
0: now, yeah. you know? But all those mad, you know? And, I mean, again, particularly at that point, um, it's, it's it's weird because it's hard to imagine now with how, with how interlinked even just the UK is with the internet and with travel yeah. and with everything else. But yeah. at that point, there may have been a burgeoning... Um, an easily accessible alternative comedy s- scene in London. Yeah, but but when you bring something like that to the North East, yeah. no one will have seen anything no, no. like that before. No. Comedy was, as you said, a big bloke holding a pint. Yeah. And when he, telling his jokes. Yeah, And then you when know. his
1: jokes didn't work, he sang fly me to the moon yeah, yeah. and let, and he got them back and then he would tell his jokes again. Yeah. And so my club was one of the first clubs outside London that was doing, like, if you would like, what they call calling alternative comedy. Yeah. And you know, and it, and the students went crazy for it. You know, they did, yeah. you know, and then it, and then they got it and then they would come and report it and then it got to a wider audience, you know, but that was like in the early nineties, that was when it was booming,
0: you know. Yeah. You know? Uh, how much did you have to kind of, Force yourself to head down t- t- to London and focus on your career, rather than because again, if you've got a club that's yeah, working yeah. and you've got your your comfort, it's local, yeah, yeah. it's your home oh, no, ground, it's easy, it's, it, yeah. it's, it's easy to kind of go. Yeah. Let's just stay here. Yeah, I know oh, it is. To push is, yourself it is, it to is. go down to London, well, and tour well and whatnot. I think
1: what it was was that other acts were going. You should come down to London, and yeah. I, I came down, you know, and in like the big. Thing at the time was the comedy store was the mecca and yeah, you were thinking, got yeah. about to get a booking in here. Then I've arrived, you know. Yeah, I remember yeah. getting my first weekend booking at the comedy store. I was like ecstatic, you know. Yeah. Um, um, but, but, but that was all. And that's how I like, you know, like Martin Moore and all those guys. And, yeah. and you know, it, 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 even now, big established comics always go, I used to love your comedy club, yeah. you know, because it had that packed in 200 people packed in, yeah. tables around the small stage, the yeah. atmosphere, you know, because you need that, you know, you need a co- yeah. it doesn't always work in every room, you know, in, in that atmosphere and when when people are packed in and it's dark and just a light on the stage, it's infectious laughter, you know, yeah. but we yeah, used to have all right sorts atmosphere. of different acts, you know, now people start to book on the internet, it's like, you know, they just put out an email, I want comics and then loads of comics, email them. Yeah. And then it's like standing at the bloody factory gates. When yeah. I'm going, where, where my days, I would curate yeah. the bill. I would go. I want something weird. I want a one-liner. I want somebody with a guitar. Yeah. I want an normal stand-up. Now the bills don't seem to have that curated feeling. You
0: know, it's, it's it's because, and again, not to jump in and think I can analyse it in in in, in one swoop. But it's because at that point, from the story you've just told. You started it because you were excited about having some comedy. You didn't know about the business no. side of anything else. It was just a comedy side. Whereas now, comedy, in you know, it's a good thing and a bad thing. But comedy is seen as a as a way of, 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 of making money, of being f- famous, because yeah. you've got that. Yeah. It's kind of, well, yeah. I want to be a, a successful comedian rather than I want to be a good comedian or here's the comedy I want to do. So I guess that's, yeah. that's the difference. There will be b- b- business-minded people that like, right, a Friday night, comedy, will probably be, it'll, it'll be, <laughs> be, it'll be, it'll be less messy than a club night. Yeah. There'll be less risk and less fights and less trouble. Yeah. Let's just, let's put a, a comedy night on rather than, as yeah. you said, who's going to work as the headliner and yeah. who's going to work before them and who's not going to clash styles because you want the headliner to, to get the reaction. He should.
1: Well, well, still now should. all, any, any comic on the circuit will tell you the best clubs are run by People who love comedy, who are doing it because they love comedy. You know, there's places like there's Andy White, who's a great promoter who does it around sort of Cambridge Way. His clubs are great because he loves, you know, Rob Riley over Manchester, North West Way. All his clubs are great because he does it, obviously to make money, but his first and foremost is he loves comedy. And they
0: are the best, you know, that's the best to come from passion, you know what I mean? It's a beautiful thing. I was talking to a friend of mine, Jim Smallman, the other day and he was you, he's yeah. he's got some other stuff going on with his wrestling, wrestling company that's I all know, going yeah. very well and he's getting to the point where he doesn't have to do comedy and just talking to me was so happy at the idea of ha- getting to just do the gigs he wants to do to so just that's play the comedians that, yeah. and these and that's these ones, the ones, that ones that he loves. Want, yeah. and he's like it's a beautiful situation he's like even if I never ha- even if I don't have to I'm never going to stop doing comedy because I love it mm. but the thought of only having to do those clubs that you've mentioned that are the ones that are great, but that's but that, oh, that's it, the dream, right? <laughs> well, well, it is because what
1: happens was like, like, like you know, you had the big change, jonglas Now I started doing jonglas when I only had one, one sort of um, um, um club in Battersea, and it was great, you yeah. know. And then Camden, and then it got big, you know. And you were doing good money at those clubs, yeah. but but what seemed to happen was that to like at first they were playing great, but then what happens was for, 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 for some reason it changed when they started selling second ticketing to, like, stag and hen do's. Yeah, yeah. And once that goes down that road, and it's all right for the people who are who, who are running the bar side go, yeah. oh, well, we're just getting loads of people in and in stag and hens, but it became a really tough gig to do. Yeah. And what happens is you, then what happens is you go, well, I'm just doing this just for the money.
2: yeah.
1: And if you're doing it just That's for the money. That's nice, right? Yeah. Well, well, then you might as well be doing any job for the money, you yeah. know? I mean, yeah. you can do, it's great. You have to pay your, like, your bills, but you also have to have to some, some sort of, like, um, you know there has to be some sort, sort of a, for me an, an artistic side to it as well yeah. and, and you know why you want to do it yeah. and so a lot of comics now i think regret that they went and and I did I spent too much time playing the stags and hens and it was making me unhappy
2: yeah yeah
1: uh, and my missus said why are you doing these gigs when they make you so happy i'd rather you sat in the house we didn't have any money we yeah. just had a, a glass of wine than you coming back and saying oh, i can't do this anymore and so i made a conscious decision to To actually go, no, I'm not doing them anymore. You yeah, know? that's
0: great because you know? again, and and people don't think about the fact that if you turn your passion into your job, it's heartbreaking when it becomes that point where it's not enjoyable yeah. and it's it's not fun. It's different if if you're working in an office. You've that's never been like, oh, I'm passionate about working in an office. It's always yeah. been a means to an end. But yeah. when you've started doing comedy, because you fucking love comedy, you adore oh, it. Yeah, and then you're going out each night yeah. thinking. I just want to get this over with and get in the car and drive that's home. So that's that. That's not only a job you don't enjoy; it's killing a passion of yeah. yours as well. Well, well, well it's sad because when the junglers chain first
1: started, there were nice gigs and people, yeah. were, and I thought, oh, this is good and, and decent money. And, and but but very very often it happens where people go, see this. Oh God, this. All oh, right. Well, if we could sell all the tickets. Like, and not have to market, just sell it to this company who yeah. sells a whole package where they've got paintballing during yeah. the day. Yeah, and yeah, and, and yeah, then yeah, they yeah. go to a nightclub and they go to comedy. And so they're going yeah. there and they're not even interested in the no. comedy. And that time is when it all goes like shit, you know yeah. what I mean? And, and, and you know, you've got to keep that passion, you know, you've got to keep that passion because that is what makes you creative.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: If you lose your creativity then what are you doing? You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and I've completely. just, in because now what's happening with me, I made a conscious decision and I'm so much more happy doing the gigs I want to do Yeah. and the tour I'm starting and I'm going back up to Edinburgh, you know, I'm doing the Amazing. Edinburgh Festival. Yeah, yeah, I haven't yeah. been to the Edinburgh Festival to do stand-up since, for, for 1999, 17 years oh, I've wow. gone back, you know? And,
0: Damn, that must be exciting, right? And
1: it's because I've suddenly found a new... um and um, a new voice, if you like, and a new passion for it, and a yeah. new like, like, like you know, the, a young comic once said to me, and it's the like, and I always remember it, and it really, really stuck with me. He said, "You know what I love about you, Dave." He goes, "You've been doing this for nearly three decades, and your eyes on dead." Yeah. And he goes, "That makes me think that I can keep doing this." Yeah. And, and I went, "You know, that's the nicest." You know, he, he said, "You see, a lot of comics have been doing for a long time, and it's like you say, it's just doing it, yeah. and 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 that's." But for me,
0: I always try to keep the yeah. passion. You know what I yeah. mean. You know, and you know? that feels like it must be from, from again, f- from picking the right gigs because yeah. I've 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 seen comedians who, and Edinburgh a great example. I adore Edinburgh. I think yeah. it's such an amazing coming together of so many creative arts and mm-hmm. beautiful things. But I also know a lot of comedians who. It's almost a prison sentence every year for them because they're like the pressure. I've I've got to go and do my show, and it's 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 that huge huge pressure of going every year because you have to because you're a comedian Yeah. and that's your job. You have to go and do it. And the mates I have who go, or or the relief in the voice of someone who goes, "I'm not doing it this (laughs) year." It's (laughs) it's kind of there's such a happiness and calmness. I don't have to go to the biggest art festival in the world. Thank God for that. I know. It's weird, isn't it? It's a weird one. It must be what keeps it alive in someone like you that you've gone right. I'm not. I've not been for seventeen years because yeah, I'm, I've not had anything I want to do there. Yeah, if, if, if yeah. I want to go and do something, well, I will. Part, yeah. and you're returning yeah. now, but, yeah. but you haven't had that. Yeah, so.
1: and a lot of young comics get pressurized by management and by by um by going. You've got to go up every year. You've got to go up every year. Yeah. Sometimes it works for people to go up every year yeah. and build an audience. Sometimes, like you say. It, it, it's like, you know, it, it's like our, me and Sean Lott used to liking it too. when you used to go up and you used to go out and meet people. It's like, you know, you know, there's old war films where um, the dam um, and they go Oh, no, oh, no the dam's fine. And, and one of the guys goes out to check the dam and, he, and he, he goes, oh, no, it's all right. And then he walks away and all of a sudden a little bit of concrete falls off. Yeah. And the little crack goes. A little trickle of water comes out. Yep, yep. You could see comics as the festival went on be like that dam. Yeah. It was like the first bit was like all solid. Yeah, and then I'm you'd see like and then me. the next day you see like a little crack would come and a little bit of water would run down. Yeah. And then and then and then by about two and a half weeks, we were just yeah. you know, you know yeah. the pressure. Yeah. But some take to it really well in Edinburgh. Yeah. Some some thrive on it, and some I think it damages them. So for me, I I always found Edinburgh a bit sort of like that, a bit sort of like 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 I've I've done plays up there in yeah. the last seventeen years, but the stand-up always seemed a bit like too much pressure. Like I said, I didn't have anything to say. Yeah.
2: yeah. So
1: there's no point in me going up with a set from this. Clubs, yeah, and just going. I'm just going, you know. But now with the film and with everything that's happened to me and the change in 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 how I feel, I've got something to say, so I want to say it completely. You know. So
0: so, as having been, as said, a a working job in stand up for for three decades, (laughs) how was it when you got the call about auditioning at least for a Ken Loach film? Like, what was the process? Was it a call of? Are we want you or was it a call of look? You're 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 in line.
1: Yeah, no, no. What happened was I did a play up in Edinburgh with loads of comics called Twelve Angry Men, which was a massive big hit in the play mm-hmm. in, in the assembly rooms in two thousand and three. Yeah. And then we did one for the Cuckoo's Nest. We did the Odd Couple. Bill Bellion Davis was in that. I played Murray the Cop, and so so we did that. And those were really successful. And the yeah. producer Guy Masterson, who produced that, just texted me one day. And this is the truth. And th- a couple of comics know this, but I was nearly ready to pack it in. Yeah. Just because the gigs were getting less. Somebody offered me cruise ships. Against, I would rather go and work in a factory than yeah. work in a cruise ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That to me is comedy hell to me. Right, yeah, yeah. To, to have somebody who's the cruise director telling you what you can see and what you can't see, Th- these passengers yeah. going out, that would kill me. I mean, some people love doing cruise ships. I, I, I said, if I've got to do that, that's me done. Yeah. And And it was sort I've of... I've always you know,
0: heard that one of the keys of comedy is not having to to, to join the crowd oh, once you've, you're finished, and on a cruise ship, can you that's it? imagine you're just there, walking you're around the whole and if you month, die it's... on
1: your arse and people right, are just going areas, <laughs> You know what I mean? And you're just sitting there. You know, <laughs> in, I'm, I'm,
0: it's a nightmare. That's why you have backstage and stage entrance and, and stage you, exit. And, all and that. then you go down to
1: the cruise um crew cr- cr- crew bar, yeah, and yeah. there's all the, and there's the MD from the band, yeah, just getting himself pissed every night, yeah, you know, because yeah. he's going, I wanted to be a rock star, you know, yeah, and yeah. So, so I thought that, and yeah. I. And I applied, and this is I I, I I thought you know I've got to like you know because like like you know I don't I don't want to go to I don't want to go to Hull for hundred and thirty quid. Yeah, it's just not on you know, yeah. and it wasn't because. Anything had happened in my stand-up, and instead of the passion for stand-up, it was just that the, 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 there were so many comics, yeah. loads of part-time comics yeah. who have jobs who don't care if they don't get paid. I mean, I'm not saying they're not good comics, but if, if you've yeah. got a salary coming in, then you go, sure. oh, well, well, I'll go for a hundred quid because I should do it for nothing. Yeah. But, but, yeah. If it, but if you're a full-time comic, it's hard. Yeah. So, so I really, so I applied for a donkey license. Oh, on Whitley Bay Beach. amazing. I took my daughter to Scarborough and I talked to the donkey guy and I just started talking to him and he goes, oh, I've been doing this for years. My dad did it before me. Yeah. He says, I, I I I just work in the summer and then I stable the donkeys with with with, with people who've got horses because yeah. they make good stable companions. Yeah. So you don't have to look at, you know, you just pay the bet, you know, yeah. and then I go away to Spain. So I make all my money in the summer and I thought, wow, just walking along. I so I right thought, right. I to, there's three beaches in Newcastle, there's Whitley Bay, Tynemouth and Colour Coast. I thought I'd yeah. have three teams of donkeys. I could just, like, listen to some music and some...
2: Yeah.
1: Two quid a ride. And I was thinking he could do that and he could make... I thought, you know, so I applied and I looked looked into how you look after donkeys and where you got donkeys from. And my daughter, I was all excited, you know. (laughs) And uh, I told Sean Locke and he just pissed himself laughing. He goes, he goes, he goes, he goes, I knew you'd do something mad like that. Dave's donkeys, he goes, it'd be hilarious, you know. It didn't make sense, though. And I I said, I'll call all the donkeys by famous comedians' (laughs) names, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and, uh... Um, And Whitley Bay uh, and North Tyneside Council have a policy of not having any animals in circuses or not having any animals who are... So they class that as, you know... Yep. Performing, if you like. Performance, yeah. and And the reason why... It's been all right in Scarborough's because it's never, it's, it's since the four, 30s they've had donkeys. Yeah, they've so always had So It's them never ended. That. Right. Now, donkeys in, in Whitley Bay hadn't come around since like the last ones were in the set, in the early 70s. Yeah. So they've just got a policy of not having it, you know? Right. And so I went, my donkey dream's gone. <laughs> and then I got this text Would you like Ken Lutch looking for a guy your age, North East? So I went, oh, so, and, Kayleen Crawford who's the casting director and I saw her at um, at one of the big um, do's for the um, awards and she said to me I've still got your text she says it makes us laugh now what's happened to the film it went hello my name's Dave Johns I'm a comic I hear Ken Loach is looking for a bloke my age I'd be up for that (laughs) and she said I've got to see this bloke so she just got set up a meeting and I came in seen Ken had 10 minutes to talk to him cracked on talked about football he's a big football fan yeah he um, just wanted to know where I was from. Didn't want to know what I'd done before. That's great. And he said, well, we'll come and have you in. I came in, I did uh, three castings where I was with different actresses yeah. where, where we just did conversations with each other, you know. And the first actress I did and the first in spotlight in London was uh, Haley, who plays yeah. um, Kate. Amazing as well. And, 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 yeah. Oh, she's, she's, yeah. She, yeah. I mean, she, I mean, she's on her way in hell, that girl, yeah. you know. She, she's 26 and she's amazing talent. And Something must have gelled with me and her. Yeah. And know, I went away and I did it with other girls, came back for a for, for a final casting, two girls I hadn't met and Katie yeah. and Healy, in Newcastle, half a day. And then he phoned me up and he goes, will you be in my film? <laughs> I was like, what? Wow. Yeah. And the first thing I remember is just, Dave, just don't fuck this up.
0: Yeah. Just don't fuck this up. It's man. amazing though. I think the... um the location of it is 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 absolutely key and a masterstroke. Because as as often with with Ken, or more so than ever, I'd say, or as much as ever, it's it's a heavy story and a heavy s- subject. Mm. It's there's a lot of bleakness, but mm. there's always been a humour and a, a let's just get on with it attitude in the Northeast mm. that kind of m- makes it a film that you can go in and enjoy. It's not just this this oh this is going to be heavy this is going to be yeah. hard work it's really enjoyable it's light and yeah. and, your, and your character Daniel Blake has exactly that of kind of some really heavy stuff happens to him mm-hmm. and at no point is he really kind of there's no dr- dramatic breakdown scene no. it's all, always very much a well this is how it is I've got Let's to get, get on, on with, with it. it. Yeah, less, yeah, less, yeah. Less yeah. yeah. And I think that's
1: what it is, and, and that's from Paul Lafferty's writing. You know, yeah. Paul. Paul. Paul is very good at. I, I I always believe that you know a good writer. I mean, you should never look at film, sit and watch a film and think, oh, somebody wrote that. Yeah, a, a good writer should disappear, and you only know, yeah. are aware of him when you see the credits at the end. And that's what with Paul, his 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 words and his uh, and are are believable. They feel as though they're coming out of a character, yeah. out, out of the character's mouth. You know, yeah. and, and they seem real, and you know. It's like you know we all use humor in every that's what gets you through tragedy sometimes yeah, is humor you know yeah and and so yeah it was a, such an amazing thing. In the way Ken works as well, you know, he just gives you a couple of pages of script each day. You, um, you know, he, he lets you um, live the part. You don't know from, like, I didn't know what was going to happen in the food bank scene. Oh, brilliant. It was only Ken and oh, Haley wow. and, the, uh, and, the, and uh, Robbie Ryan. Oh, wow. I'm um, um, uh, um, yeah, the director of photography who knew what was going to happen. Oh, that's amazing. And so it was, and even the all the people who were in this food bank, nobody knew. So it was, a, I knew that I had to go to, MK M, M to Katie in yeah. and say, look, you've done nothing wrong. Don't be upset. You know, you've done really well with kids. Yeah. But, but I thought it was because she broke down because she was getting a, f- Food handout. Yeah, I didn't know yeah. it's because yeah. it didn't because I didn't know she was going to just get the hand. Yeah, yeah, of y- course. Y- 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 you know what happened. I don't want to put a spoiler. in yeah. you know that thing yeah. that happens, and so that's a very very moving scene. You know, and, and Mark Mode, who's the um, um 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 who's the film critic. I mean, he yeah. says it's one of the most powerful scenes he's seen in cinema for a long time. Yeah, you know? it's
0: absolutely amazing, and it's beautiful to hear that it's it's worked in such a way yeah. that it is yeah. kind of a you've got your script, but there's a level of Again, it, it it allows that, it allows the script to disappear because mm-hmm. it's not on paper telling you, yeah. and you're going to react I like this, and and you're going to react like this. It's like, here's what we need you to say because the dialogue's important, yeah. but we want you to react, you to want your... to react naturally to yeah. this and have it yeah. as a rule. So yeah. kind of, I love that kind of just letting, because again, in reality, you don't know what someone else is thinking in real life in any no, situation as no. stupidly obvious a statement as that no, is no, whereas no. if you've got a script and you've read exactly how that character's feeling and exactly how the, how you're feeling and that character over yeah. there then that's going to change your perception of it all because well, you're well, going to not be,
1: gonna be overly aware but but Ken always writes this there's a, there's a lovely story in. um in finding Eric, you know, his film yeah, about Eric yeah. Cantona, where the yeah. guy who got the role, he said to him, he said to him, so so he, he never told him that Eric Cantona was actually going to be in the film. Amazing. So this, so so he thought, oh, it's about this guy who's having marriage problems and he's a massive big Man United fan and he's trying to find Eric Cantona to help him because yeah. he thinks Eric Cantona helps. But he always, but but the actor always said to me, he always thought, but I don't think it'll be it'll be either a lucky likey or I'll never find him. Yeah. And he yeah. said this day and this skit set, he, he came on, he goes right, you got to open it. And he said the doorbell's going to ring, you got open the door and um and so he's going to deliver something for you. And oh. he went, oh, yeah, yeah all, all right. And he opened the door Eric Cantor was standing there. he went, fucking hell, it's you. And that's what's in the film. That um, that first thing of him going, fucking Cause, hell,
0: it's you. Because it really was. Yeah, yeah, it really was him, yeah, you know. Yeah.
1: And Ken says, you I can't fake that. that. You can't yeah. fake that, you know, you know. So so, so so that's the excitement of working with Ken Loach. And he's such a lovely man and I used to love his soft, like like he's steely in what he wants. He knows what he wants. He, he's not a fool. He knows what he wants. But he but he, but, he, but he's so gentle. He knew all the extras' names on set. Yeah, it, and he would always lovely this thing. And I even remember it now when he used to go, okay, turning over, when you're ready, Dave. You know that lovely yeah, like that lovely gentleness, and you feel safe, and it's like being with a family. So it was a, it, yeah, it was amazing, amazing experience.
0: You know? It's lovely, and there and there has to be huge. It's 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 great that. In in an in an ever again, as similar to comedy in an industry that's becoming all the more driven and pressured by financial gain and money in the film industry. Mm. There's so much money in that industry. It's great that there are still people. I like Ken. That people are comfortable to put their faith in to not have the complete. You know the beginning, middle, and end of this script. You're going in there going, it's. It's Ken Loach. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. I, and he's got I a trust pa- it. Yeah,
1: and he's got a passion for giving people who haven't got a voice, a voice. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, in, in just to say what the guy's like, when we were in Cannes, he was standing and Mark Rylance was talking to him. Yeah. And Mark Rylance said to him, oh, Ken, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis came over to my house um, last, um, a few weeks ago. Yeah. And we watched all your films back to back. Yeah. And Ken said to him, did you not want to kill yourself? <laughs> <laughs> you know, he wasn't he that experience. Go, oh my God, thank you. very You know, like but yeah. that's how you know he he knows what he wants, but he doesn't take himself that yeah, seriously, yeah. You know, and he, and I love just, that.
0: Yeah, you know, it was hilarious. You know, so there must have been a lot of faith in 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 the script and in the writers, um but equally, did you feel a pressure? to tell this story because it's it's, it's it's a hell of a story. It's an important story, particularly yeah. right now. So there's a lot on everyone's sh- shoulders and, you know, sp- spoiler alert, it turned out really good and everyone loves it and it's it's up for awards and it's gone great. But yeah. when you're making it, you don't know no, oh no, you how don't. this is going to come across. So, Th- that's so how good, was that? Well, you know,
1: com- right when you're a comic, you know immediate. Yeah. That's the thing. Of course. You're working on your own, you're on stage, you yeah. know how the show's going. You say it
0: into a mic, by, by the by time moment, it's, from it's moment left moment your mouth. It's coming, yeah. yeah.
1: And you know whether you're going to die on your ass or whether Instant you're going to pull it feedback. back. Yeah. making a film in 2015 and then in 2017 it'd been up for five BAFTAs yeah. I mean that is a massive big area where you don't know what's going on yeah. you know yeah. and so but it's great now
0: it's, yeah. it's great yeah. at, at yeah. this moment because yeah. you know that's how the story ends yeah. it's not yeah. Yeah. A, that As you bit go in, in
1: between you, you can just off here in London Car come in and pop in and see the edit and I would walk in and he'd be like editing a bit of it you see a little tiny bit of it with no and it, it'd be all the sound would be raw yeah. and you'd see the scene and you'd be like looking in the back of your head and I'd be going and I'd go to him, so, so, how's it going? And he'd go, oh, it's all right. And I would go, I was going, okay, oh, I hope it's, better, hope it's better than all right. It's petrifying, right? But yeah, it is terrifying. But, you know, the story has resonated with people. And I, and, and I think it's because it's the right time, the right place. And the two characters, it, 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 for, for ages, the and um, people who have needed welfare and people who have needed sort of like help, have always been in the narrative there have been from, you know, you know, Labour and, and conservative governments has been that if you want welfare, then basically it, it, it's like you're guilty before proving that yeah. that you're malingering, you're scrounger. Yeah. Yeah. You that, know, that, Benefit that, Street and all that sort
0: of... That press storyline of, of of benefit cheats, of of, yeah. of, of yeah. things like that, has put us all in this fear of someone's out to, to get something rather life. than they just... They need, need help. to get what they need. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And what's happened is, you know, there's less than one percent of of fraudulent claims made. Less than one yeah. percent. People think it's about ten yeah. percent, and and you can check that. That's a fact, you know. And 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 what's great about it is that that you know that Dan and Kate are are, are shown as just ordinary people. It could be your mum. Like you know, Kate could be your daughter. It could yeah. be your sister. Dan could be your dad. And that's what's resi- and that's what's. um it, 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 being, being sort of like people have, have picked up on when they watch the film oh my god that could be my dad yeah just you, you know that the system isn't working anymore for people you know yeah. and a known guy came up to me in, in Whitley Bay I was in the shop after it came out about two weeks after it came out and I was buying a paper and this old guy is about 80 odd and he came up to me he goes and he looked at me he goes are you that guy who's in that, 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 that I Daniel Blake and I went yeah I am mate and he goes well, next time you tell Clan Loach, you tell him from me that this film is given a voice back to the working class that haven't been listened to for forty years in this country, and he summed it up completely right.
0: You know what I mean? You know, and and that's it. The tone of it and the and the approach is perfect. I had um I had a two part homelessness special of the podcast recently, and I referenced I Daniel, a Blake in it because there was things like someone at um, a food bank and that kind of, well, well, how do you, like, one of the questions that people have at points is, well, how do you know the people k- k- coming in are really homeless? And their answer was, we don't, and we don't care. They yeah, need can, the food. I know, I know. It's, like, it's like, that if the they hungry. need it, then they the can hungry. have it. It doesn't yeah. matter it's if they're like the Are you
1: really homeless? But Well, it's just horrible about, you know, the needy and deserving poor. This, you yeah. know, it's basically what Ken always says is that, you know, the, the, the thing they're trying to push to people is that, that if you don't get on in this world and you're poor, it's your fault. Yeah. It's your fault. There's yeah. something lacking in you. And you know, there's loads of reasons why people fall by the wayside. We could all do it, you know, like, like, you know, most people are three wage per packets away from yeah. needing help themselves. You yeah. just got to lose your job, both of you, if you're family and, you know, and who would want to go and take their kids to a food bank, yeah. um, for an easy life? I yeah. mean, the humility of, uh, uh of having to do that, you know like like, like how yeah. humiliating it is, sorry um so you know but but this is so this film i think this film re, um um redresses that you know yeah. and, and says, no, this system isn't working for any of us, it's yeah. not working for your your if your dad needed it, if your brother needed it, if your uncle needed it, if your grandfather needed it if if your grandma or your mother needed it this it, it isn't working for ordinary yeah. people. Yeah. And people go oh well, do you not think you should show it to the conservative government? And you go, no, they know." Yeah, I mean, they're, they're the ones
0: they're who well implement Yeah, yeah. I
1: mean, yeah, I mean yeah. they they know what they're doing. You know. Yeah. You know. Um,
0: that's. I mean, that's what I felt was so striking and amazing about this film was you, you've all we've all walked past someone in trouble in the past, yeah. someone yeah. who's homeless, and you thought, how do they get to that? And the beauty of this film yeah. is there's no big dramatic a reason and that's what makes it so relatable that it could be anyone it could be your yeah, your yeah, your dad exactly. your granddad your uncle your cousin because exactly. there's no it would have been easy for a script Right to take this big dramatic, this huge event happened, oh, and it could have been everything t- t- yeah, apart. Yeah. That's not what happens. No, it was it's ordinary. kind of just regular stuff, and then it's like it's an ordinary life. Yeah. It's that it needs help and it's fallen apart. Yeah, yeah. You know,
1: and when you get people like Camilla Long and Toby, whatever his name is, Toby, and um, that guy who writes for, and um, um, uh, Camilla Long who writes for the, uh, you know, she does all this, and she was saying, well, you know, it's just worst case scenario. I mean, it, it, it isn't really like that, you know. And I was thinking she's probably getting over the great Bollinger shortage of 87. Yeah. I mean, I could take her by <laughs> yeah, the hand yeah. to food banks now yeah. and go, yeah. do you think this is a fantastic thing to stand yeah. in the line for free food? Do you think these people want to do this?
2: Yeah. And it's, this and choice. it's because
1: some people live in a life that they don't even want to know what's going on, you know, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, if we don't help people who are in need and, and, in people who are, f- who, who are struggling, even though we're doing well, I mean, what does it say to, for us as human beings? This is why, you know, like, you know, we should all be coming together, not breaking apart, you know? Yeah. And, it, and, it's, and that's what's got people angry. That's what's got people angry. Yeah. That, you know, there's either two things that happen in the film, the showing in the film. People sit in silence when it's ended and just sit yeah. and just crying or just stunned or they get really, really angry,
0: you know? I, I did ex- exactly that. The screening I went to, I was literally on my own in the cinema. Mm-hmm. And even in that situation, it ended, and I, I, I sat there for a good while afterwards, just yeah. kind of just taking it in and going, yeah. and, and and feeling that impact.
1: Yeah, I know, you know I know. And it's it. happened when, like, like I've seen it with eight thousand people in yeah. Locarno at the Film Festival, Locarno, yeah. on a twenty-four meter screen in this town square in the Piazza yeah. Grande. Eight thousand people. You could hear a pin drop when that was on, yeah. and, w- and when it finished, there was a moment of silence, and then there was just thunderous rounds of applause. Yeah. People were coming up to me, even in the carno and even in Spain, and saying, "This is happening in this country as well." You
0: know? Yeah, um, it's 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 one that I feel in general that everyone should watch, and we're doing this around the the digital and 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 general mm-hmm. a, a release. So, everyone who's listening now, there is a way to go and pay to watch this. Mm-hmm. Um, but more importantly, ended it just felt it should be mandatory for anyone that works. In, in in public relations in any way, yeah. in, in in the public, because it highlights, and again, not in an attacking way, but in a very a realistic way, the fact that when you're dealing with um, p- people who need benefits or whatever else, again, as we were saying with stand-up, it becomes a job, mm-hmm. it becomes mm-hmm. m- mechanical, yeah. and it's very easy, unintentionally, through no fault of your own, not that you're a bad person, but it's very easy f- to to dehumanize those people that you're dealing with and they're another another form or another another problem another case and a film like this i think will help a lot of people in that 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 situation to remember that these are humans with with real lives as i said that's not me attacking anyone who works in those situations it's it's i can see how it happens but it's, it needs redressing. But, points. but I
1: always, but, but I also, I, I, also think that the people who are working and implementing the system are victims as well. Yeah. Because they are having to sanction people and cut people's benefits yeah. uh, for the slightest little thing. Yeah. And, and a lot of these people are really, really like upset about that. This is the people who talk to Ken about it, you know? Yeah. And they told Ken and Paul that they are asked. Yeah. They, they have quotas that they have to fill. Yeah, You know, we, we have that's to, crazy, if it? we haven't done enough sanctions in a, in a week, we get pulled in by our bosses and going, what, what are you doing? Are you giving people an easy ride? Yeah. And, and you know, and that, so, 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 so these people as well, like haven't they implement this, which is a cruel system, you know, it, it's something that isn't set up to help the person. It's to save money. Yeah. And that's all it is because people who are in need are the easiest people to cut, cut from. Because they don't have a voice, yeah. and 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 it's easy to demonise people who need yeah. help. So the rest of us go, yeah. Well, why should we let people have an easy an easy go? And it's not that a case at all. This film is showing that it's ordinary people that need help. You yeah, know? the system is working for any of us.
0: I said, and it's so easy to to unintentionally and subconsciously demonise. Um, I'm, I think I mentioned this in in a previous podcast, but my mum is in charge of a few of the libraries and has always worked in libraries in my local area. And she had a problem recently, where one of her librarians came to say, "Look, we've we've had this homeless guy who's coming in every morning and, and washing in the in the toilets. Yeah. You know, we've had to had to ban him." And my mum was like, "Why have you had to ban him?" And it was, "Well, he's taking his clothes off, and kids could walk in, and whatever." It's so not that's understandable. And her response was, "Just give him the key to the disabled toilet. You know, he's it, it, it's not this horrible." Prob- like, like, it's lock. not someone who's wanting to be in that situation. No. This guy isn't like my dream is to go and cause all this this trouble and wash in the in, in the, the, the toilets the toilet of a library. It's place. like that's yeah. horrible. He's like so. Again, she was like, just just do that, and then it it solves it. It's, yeah, and it's, then he's in it's, there. It's, he's, he's all right. Not, yeah. He's getting clean. He can lock yeah. him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He can lock himself in and do that and yeah. and be and be on the way. But again, I don't think it's that that the librarian in question was intentionally being nasty, but in their mind, because we've built this thing up of of the danger of strangers and homeless people yeah, and all yeah. this, the demonization yeah. of yeah. they're all on drugs or they're all this or they're all that they've gone, well, we need to ban this problem. And yeah. it's like, well, yeah. no, it's a, I know. Let's uh, nice uh, help uh, it out. It's a yeah, small thing.
1: Yeah. yeah. And, and I think that's the same with, you know, I mean, if you look at the people who are, who, who are working at food banks, the way they sort of, um, and you know the way they volunteer, and it's an amazing thing because in the film, you know, when Katie sh- shoplifts, she pays for all the food, and she only shoplifts the stuff that she needs. And yeah. It's all sanitary products, yeah, it's all yeah, yeah, yeah. Y- 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 you know, deodorant and, and razors that a w- woman needs to make herself you know feel right and yeah. y- 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 you know sanitary products. And and so so what's happening now since the film? When people see them, they're donating. Things like that to the food banks, you know yeah. what I mean, you know yeah so so people are moved by it, and and you see but that but I think that's what the governments want, they want they, they don't want the problem. They yeah. want us to deal with the problem. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 you know, and that's, and that's sort of, but, but it is a state problem. It is because yeah. we all pay into this system. I'm so passionate against, about the National Health Service, and it's been run down. It's been made to fail so that it'll turn public opinion against itself.
0: 100%. And, and, and we're, we're seeing it all. Yeah. Already. I was reading a load of comments just last night about people saying how the NHS. It's shit. It's not up to standard. It, this it's, is what they're it's, doing. It's been made to be in that state. To it's fail. It's still absolutely, pr- like, it's essential. They it's can't the get important. rid of the
1: National Health Service without the will of the... Public yeah. and how do they do that? Like they've done with every single thing they've privatized, they run it down so yep. it doesn't work, and then they go, "Well, if we bring some private people, it'll run better." And people yeah. go, "All right, well, I might pay like you know sixty quid a month to have that." You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and so, and, and you've got the nat- and you've got these private health companies circling us like a, like, like 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 sharks. Yeah. And you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Theresa May has gone over to America to do these deals and has sold yeah. the National Health Service to them. You yeah. know, I yeah. wouldn't be surprised with that at all. You know, uh,
0: literally, I think it was five years ago, e- e- again, I remember I've had issues in hospitals and so on and so forth, but I've, I've, I think it was only five years ago that when surveys were done all over the world, w- we were in the top five of, 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 of health <laughs> yeah. services. And it's that short a time that things have been run down and driven as far into the ground as they can yeah. that makes it that, the oh, nation- let's, let's privatise. Well, 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 the National
1: Health Service... It's something like eight, over eight hundred thousand people they deal with a day,
2: mm.
1: and nobody talks about the good things they do. Yeah. All the stuff that's is pushed is all about you know, like you know, mistakes and and waiting lists yeah. and people on trolleys. But what about all the people that have—I mean, I'm 16. I've never had to pay for a doctor in my life, yeah. and I've had good treatment in hospitals. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, my my in in what's happening is, um, you know. It's it, it's a brilliant service, but it needs more money, yeah. and it has to be. You know, they always find money to bomb people; they never find yeah, money yeah, to help people. They're fine with that, aren't they? Yeah. Um,
0: but I mean, the, that aside, uh, what you said you said you said about people donating sanitary products yeah, and things yeah. like that. I love that because that's also going. Oh, well, f- fuck them then. Yeah. If, if if the government if, if if the government aren't going to help, then we'll deal with this ourselves. Yeah, yeah. We'll go right. Yeah. We we'll, yeah. we we will continue to put pressure on the government to make yeah. improvements to improve these areas. Yeah. But equally, if we can just go out there and act upon it, yeah. let's act upon it now. There's a group called um, a bag for Katie. Yeah. And what it is is they go
1: round and they say this is a bag for Katie, and they it, and oh, it's it, it, it's female toiletries, you yeah. know, like a razor and tampons yeah. and, and things that, you know, that, you know, you don't think about when you're poor and you've got no money yeah. and you've got to food, feed your kids. And then you go, well, you know, buy me a pack of razors when I've got to f- 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 feed, 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 feed my kids or, yeah. or, or like even deodorant to keep yeah. yourself. And you see, people don't think, I mean, it's about when you're in that position. It's all right that you can get so much money and you can, and and by the time you've paid your rent and you've paid all this, right, it's when, like, for instance, the kid's shoes go yeah, and you can't afford to pay 70 quid for a pair of kid's shoes, you know, and and it's those things. And and it's like, you know, what happens is the zero hours contracts where you don't even know if you've got to work the next day. Yeah. And private landlords who are an exorbitant rent and if you ask them to do any work, they don't bloody do it. And it's all those things that, that you know, there's a lot of people in society who are left. Ken said to me, this is a, this is a thing that I, that really touched me. He said to me, when you and Haley are doing a scene together, Dave, all you have to do is listen to each other. And if you listen to each other, you will find the truth. And if you find the truth, it will look right on screen. Yeah. And this is what I think, is we pretend to listen to each other, but we don't. And if we all start just listening to each other, we'd find out why people were angry, yeah. why people yeah. are, like, l- 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 like you know, so angry and so frustrated. Yeah. But we pretend to listen, we just pretend to go, no. y- y- you know... But Everyone's we, there yeah. to win, yeah. to win, yeah. to win, yeah. to win their argument, people, to yeah. win that side, yeah. rather
0: than to have a discussion and go, right, so... Find out people why people are angry.
1: Why are people angry, yeah. you know? Like, if you had a mate, and, your mate, and you go, God, he's, f-, you know being a bit weird yeah if it was a good mate you'd sit down and go what's going on oh, with what's you? up
2: yeah yeah
1: come on tell us what's wrong with you and, and the would that's what we should be doing all the time but we don't in in in, in so that's why there's a lot of anger i think around yeah. the place you
0: know
2: i
1: agree you know?
0: well you know uh, we're getting close to the hour marks so i'll start to wrap things up now okay. but um so what are we looking at three f- four years ago the that you were inquiring about a donkey license on uh, on on on, ago. on numerous three years ago, th- three years ago <laughs> on numerous um, called northeast beaches, <laughs> beautiful northeast east yeah. beaches. There's been we're some cold. lovely reworkings yeah. around yeah, there, yeah, and yeah, redevelopments. Yeah. They're lovely cold, but, uh, but cold. cold. Yeah, yeah. Um, and as we recall this, I mean. Oh, this will be going out in a couple of weeks but as we recalled this you're a week or so away from attending the BAFTAs <laughs> where you're nominated <laughs> and yeah, this, uh, this you, I mean you've already won many awards <laughs> yeah. for this film so so how is that <laughs> how's that feeling and again the beautiful part of it being for something that means something as well yeah. and not to discredit any other f- films or TV but yeah this film was always set up as more than simply an act of art and entertainment. It's, it's been a, a a social statement as well. So to, to get that kind of turnaround for such a a great, project it must mean the world right yeah it must feel I mean
1: right. I, I, I mean you know it's incredible you know as any person you know who does work in, you know whether you write a book or you do poetry or you do stand up or you make a film or you're on stage or anything like that you know you dance you do anything or, or create if you make art mm-hmm. I, I, I mean to have something that you create that you feel so proud about you know that you can say you know that this might be be around forever. You know, yeah. I mean, if I never made another film ever again, I mean, to be in a Ken Loach, a lead in a Ken Loach film that has such social impact, yeah, and has won so many awards, I mean, you know, I could sit in my old people's home in my rocking chair, yeah. and just bad, and just be happy with that. You yeah. know what I mean?
0: So, so what is the plan going f- forward? Th- then, obviously, you've you've got a reinvigorated. Um, meaning and push are behind your stand-up now and and you're returning to to, to the fringe but even on an acting point of view is that is that that something you wish to to, to pursue more because acting has always been part of your life again but it feels like you've been a stand-up comedian who acts yeah. Or sometimes yeah. is, is, the is, trip, is there any yeah. desire to go Oh well, yes. actually i'm an actor i'm oh, a fucking actor <laughs> oh yeah i'd
1: love to do more film you know yeah. i mean like you know i'm doing a little thing at the moment up in uh, the northeast of um, um in a couple of weeks um uh um, which is a lead in a sort of like a small independent film yeah. but you know i mean i've even had my um <laughs> I've had my availability checked for Godzilla 2. So, you know, I mean, there's Amazing. a natural, I mean, there's a natural progression. it? But yeah, I mean, like, I would love to do more film and people are, like, PP, PP, people have sent scripts and me and my agent are looking at the scripts and we're trying to find the right thing and there's, like, you know, the, like, you know, there may be another great role out there for me, but if yeah. there's not, there's not. And, you know, I'll do, Interesting projects like I've always done. If if I get offered a part in a film, it isn't a lead, but it's an interesting part. Yeah, then I'd love to do it. You know, yeah. I, I mean, is it, it's about. I think once you start stop creating and having that passion for creating, then you might as well just be doing any job. You know yeah. what I mean? So so I, yeah, I feel. And it's definitely changed my life. I mean, you know, Ken Loach has changed my life because not only have I got more actively politically, he's radicalized yeah. me, if you like. Yeah, yeah. But also my stand up has got another lease of life. I'm doing a tour which starts in March till June, and then that will run in my
0: shows for the Edinburgh Festival. And so, you uh, know. Uh, what's the focus of the new sh- show? Because again, the fringe, it's always a show. Well, it's going to be, you well, know? it's going to be stand
1: up. I don't want to be a narrative where I, at, 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 at the end of the hour, I cry. Right, you know what yeah, I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and, yeah. And, you know, I want it to be, I want it to be a story about what's happened to me in these yeah. last couple of years, but That's it has right. to stand be able to stand up as well as a club set as well yeah yeah. so even though i'm doing like stories and and i'm trying to do the narrative is that from when the donkeys to 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 when we we have the baftas yeah you know and all that happened in between all all it's going to be a stand-up it's going to be stand-up show it's not going to be me sitting on a box going yeah uh, like like, and then and then and then and if I wish my dad was alive, yeah, you know, to yeah, the crying s- at the end. The scene and then, is a, is, is come a down. classic
0: at the fringe these yeah, days, isn't it? Yeah, cry.
1: It's going to be stand up. Yeah. So, so that I'll hopefully I'm going to be able to. So I could take twenty minutes out of any of this sh- bit of show and do it as a stand up set. Yeah, but it, but it will be telling the story if you yeah. like, and that's my challenge. And I'm off to. Island for two weeks to write with a friend of mine who we get on great and throw a few ideas about. Great. So, you know, I'm going to put the work in. It's, you know, I'm 60, yeah. so I, I guess I've just got to keep this going for f- till I'm you know, 10 years, 70. Yeah, yeah. And then I'll probably just sit in an armchair with a pipe. Then, you know what I mean? And call it a day. And then call it a day. Yeah. It's going to be a busy 10 years, Dave. <laughs> that is, it is, it is, it is.
0: <laughs> well, thank you very much for taking the time to come oh, and chat been, and all it's the best been fun. with it's been fun. everything that's ahead. Thank you very much. Thank you.
1: You've been listening
2: to Scroobies
0: Picks: and Pieces. That was David Johns or Dave Johns, Dave David. Take your pick. Um, it's not really that important. Um, yeah. So, thank you for tuning in. Next week, I've got um, an international, a Women's Day special with Holly, um, Holly Ross from the band The Lovely Eggs. And I'd been, I'd wanted to have someone on for a while that. Um, he's kind of in a job in gigging band and has been for a long time. And that isn't to say a a mid-level band is what I mean. The kind of band where you might have to have a day job or you might have to have this or that to support things um, rather than that high level where it's all tour buses and hotels, that that level where you're potentially sleeping in the back of the van and things like that. And the dedication has to come in there. And Holly hit me up um, because she was like, look, I've, got um i I, i'm i'm a woman in a band and i decided that i wanted to have a child and i didn't want to stop doing the band so i wanted to come on the podcast and talk about that and talk about how life works and life changes when you're you're taking a baby on the road with you um and you're not at that level where you're a beyonce in big tour buses and planes and, and and nannies and all this kind of thing so yeah it's a fascinating one so i think you're going to enjoy that um that and that's next week. I've also got Dan Hardy coming up. I'm going to chat to him ahead of of UFC London. But it's not just a podcast for UFC fans. It's not just an episode for that. We're going to be talking about his new book and his, his whole life, oh, really. It's going to be a fascinating one. And then after that, I've got Susan Wacoma. Maybe after or maybe before i've I've not decided when these are going to drop and she's in chewing gum and crazy head and she's amazing and it was a great conversation with um a young black lady from south london who has just been smashing it in 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 the acting industry in the last a year or two in particular so that's a great talk as well so you're going to enjoy them um for now i shall leave you i shall bid you adieu um yeah (laughs) that's the weirdest ending ever just yeah. All right. Um, I'm going to be in LA uh, next week. That's all I've got to, to tell you about that. I'm not doing any gigs or any performances. I'm hopefully going to nail down some of my cool, hip LA friends to do podcasts. Um, I'm hopefully going to jump on one or two podcasts while I'm out there, and I'm hopefully going to have a load of, of meetings with cool um, acting-type industry people to continue my um, amazing career. Um <laughs> It's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun. It's But it's going to be work, 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 work. So fear not um, anyone who's going to be going like, hey, we should hang out. Probably not going to be doing any hanging out. I've not scheduled any days off. I could only squeeze out like s- six days over there. So I've not scheduled a single day of kind of ch- chilling and relaxing. It's, 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 it's hustle, hustle, hustle. So, um, yeah, I'm going to be doing that. Obviously, there'll still be – I will have recorded the podcast, so you're sorted – I'm talking nonsense now. Go on, on your way. I'll catch you next week. Bye.